Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, director of Priests for Life. Thanks for joining me for a time of prayer and scripture reflection. Let's enter into the Word. Let's enter into the presence of the Lord. Let's put our prayer requests, if you wish, in the comments. And let's all pray for one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you, Lord Jesus. You are the one promised by the law and the prophets. You are the one who comes. You have come. You come to us each day. You will come again in glory. Increase our longing for your coming, and through this longing, deepen our repentance for our sins. We repent of anything that we have done or failed to do, and with such acts or such omissions have caused offense to you. We ask for reconciliation with you, with our neighbor, growth in love and in holiness. We pray through the one who comes, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds, Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent are taking it by force. All the prophets and the law prophesied up to the time of John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah, the one who is to come. Whoever has ears ought to hear. One of the key Advent personalities is John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, and the one who announced him to the world. Behold the Lamb of God. We say the words in every Mass. Those are words of John the Baptist. He baptized Jesus. Not, of course, with the same baptism that we receive. Because Jesus is sinless. But he baptized him at Jesus' request to show to the world that this is the one whose mission is to take upon himself our sins and to free us. Now, brothers and sisters, what does Jesus mean here? that, first of all, two things, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That doesn't sound like one of the scriptures we want to repeat all the time. It's not like, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, he leads me in verdant pastures. What, what does he mean by this? Well, you know, and scripture verses like this admit of various different interpretations. And, uh, you know, it's not like the church defines the exact meaning of every line of the Bible. The church doesn't do that. But you have many commentators and many insights gained over the centuries. And in this case, one of the interpretations I see most frequently is the coming of the kingdom of God is the conquering of the kingdom of darkness. It shatters the, the, the stranglehold that sin and death have and have had over the human family and opens up for us a, a whole new way of life, it opens up for us a, 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 a new conquest over sin and death and error and falsehood and darkness. And so it's like if in a, a war, 
a city has fallen, a city has been conquered, and what happens? There's all kinds of plunder inside, there's all kinds of spoils for be, to be taken and to be enjoyed, and so it's like people rushing in, like a mad rush into the city to grab the, the spoils. Now, this is consistent with, with uh, what we see in Jesus' teaching about the kingdom, that it's the pearl of great price, we have to be willing to sacrifice everything to get it. And we saw in practice how the crowds would be coming to Jesus. They would be pressing on him from every side. There were days when he and the apostles couldn't even find time to eat. And that's what happens when people realize what the kingdom of God is, that we have conquered sin and death, that we have eternal truth and eternal life at our fingertips. We rush in. So that's the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That's one of the understandings of this verse. It's, it's, it's others behaving like, like uh, they're in a mad rush. Also, uh, some refer this to the persecutions that the kingdom of God always evokes, because when the light comes, the darkness hates the light, tries to snuff it out. But then also that, you know, the kingdom of God is not a matter of hollow wishes and tepid uh, efforts. It's got to be fervent desires based on the hope that the gospel brings us. And really serious efforts, Jesus says, you know, if your right hand is your, is your problem, cut it off. I is your problem, gouge it out. It doesn't mean that we should mutilate ourselves. He means that we should be absolutely forcefully definitive and ready for any kind of pain or sacrifice in order to grab hold of the kingdom of God no, you know, there's a lot of people who engage in wishful thinking. They sit around, they hear about the message of the kingdom of God. They say, oh, doesn't that sound great? You know, like with a culture of life, you know, in the pro-life movement, you know, we can't have these, you know, we have the, the, these, these aspirations. Oh, we, we want a culture of life, uh, respect life from conception to natural death. Uh, oh, well, maybe that means, you know, why don't you go save a baby by praying in front of an abortion? Oh, no, 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 that's too controversial. You want to end abortion? Oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great to have a culture of life here? You know, show people what an abortion is. Oh, oh, no, no, that's too disturbing. What? I, I, that doesn't work. The, king, the kingdom of heaven and actually entering into it and, and establishing our place in it and, the, and, and transforming the world through it requires very definitive what you can call forceful action. Okay. He is Elijah. What is Jesus saying there about John the Baptist? Well, do you know how the Old Testament ends? All the law, all the history, all the prophets, and then it ends with the prophet Malachi. Let me read a passage here. Well, it's the whole fourth chapter. There's only six verses of Malachi. For behold, the day is coming. Remember, the whole Old Testament is preparing for Christmas. It's preparing for the coming of Jesus. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise, with healing in its wings. 
You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with doom. So the Old Testament ends on a strong note of hope, a strong warning. In fact, the last words of the Old Testament that we hear are things that we don't want to happen. And also a promise about a person. Who is this Elijah who will come before the day of the Lord? Now, in the Jewish ceremonies, there was an empty seat uh, uh, always saved there for the prophet Elijah when he should return. So this, this prophecy was most commonly understood as Elijah himself in person will return. But now Jesus says, and he says in this passage, well, if you're willing to accept it, in other words, this is different from what you've always understood, the one who is Elijah promised by the word of God is actually John the Baptist. And what does it mean that he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers? In other words, that the people that God was preparing to receive the Messiah and then, of course, to offer him to the whole world, had become rebellious. The Old Testament is filled with God's grief over the rebelliousness, the unfaithfulness, the hard-heartedness, the foolishness of His people, their lack of trust, and their forgetfulness of the commandments, forgetfulness of the great works of the Lord. The fathers, that is, the fathers in faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs, and the prophets, constantly would remind them of the covenant, would remind them to come back. And so the fathers of the people are turned towards the children, follow the laws of the Lord, remember the deeds of the Lord, and the children, in other words, the, the, the whole people of God, will hearken again to that message of the patriarchs and the prophets and turn away from their evil deeds. And so John the Baptist comes doing what? Saying that the day of the Lord, the kingdom of the Lord has come, and saying, repent. In other words, turn back to your fathers. Repent was John's message. That's why he gave them a baptism of repentance. Luke chapter 1, when the birth of John the Baptist is told to his father Zechariah in a vision, listen to what he says in verse 16 and 17. Talking about John the Baptist, the angel says to Zechariah, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. That's Advent. 
This is why John the Baptist is such an important figure of Advent. This is why Elijah factors in here too. Remember Elijah, you go to first, uh, first book of Kings, chapters 17, 18, 19. You see some powerful deeds of Elijah. He said to the people, stop straddling the fence. Stop ha trying to have it both ways. That you serve, you say you serve the Lord and then you go off and serve false gods. Stop it. And he called the people to make a decision. Decide today whom you will serve. That's the spirit of Advent. That's the spirit of John the Baptist. That's the spirit of Elijah. That's what's needed to welcome the coming of the Lord. That's what the kingdom of God requires us to do. Make that decision, which often, as we were just reflecting, requires some show of force, spiritual force inside of us and around us. This is what Jesus is saying today. You know, you're going to root out from uh, our society the culture of death. You're going to root out something like abortion. That takes force. We don't believe in doing violence. We believe in forceful spiritual activity of repentance, forceful proclamation and readiness to endure the kind of suffering and the kind of persecution that that brings. And we call for an Elijah spirit of repentance and of decision that we are no longer going to be a culture of abortion thinking somehow that the killing of a baby is okay let's pray lord jesus you have pointed out that john the baptist is elijah that he has proclaimed the kind of repentance that we need to enter your kingdom to welcome you. You, Lord, yourself have proclaimed that repentance and you give us the strength to do it. May we have strength to take the forceful spiritual steps to welcome the kingdom of God and root out from our lives and from society the dangerous, deceptive temptations of the culture of death the false gospels that accompany the slaughter of children, the false gospels that accompany every sin, that justify every evil. Come, Lord Jesus. Let the spirit and power of Elijah surround us once again, and let us proclaim him to others. And now we pray, Lord Jesus, as you yourself taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, a blessed continued Advent journey to all of you, brothers and sisters. Bring others with you uh, each day for these scripture reflections, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. 
Priest, the Priest for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priest for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.